Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So it's faith-based. So you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they were pretty much squ- scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible is saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about Baltoads? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable, this weekly live call-in show about atheism and agnosticism and belief and non-belief and a whole bunch of other things that just kind of flow through your host stream of consciousness for the 30 or so minutes here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host. My name is Andrew Garber. As always, I invite you to friend me on Facebook like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable on Facebook, and most importantly, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Not a four-star review, not a two-star review. Those are no good. I need a five-star reviews from all of you. That's what I'm really looking for. Uh, those things just make me feel all warm and cuddly inside. They just give me great... It's like an Internet hug. That's how you hug the Atheist Roundtable. So you're going to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Last week, I talked a lot, and I had a pretty good show, I thought, about how I was going to respond to a pastor who was, I guess, just pretending like he wanted to talk to atheists. I mean, I I only say that because I sent an email to him and wanted to talk to him and wanted to have him on the show, and he never responded. Now, it is true that it, it may be that he never actually got that email, but I wanted to take some time to talk about that. And that show got a lot of responses. I'm really, really glad that I got the responses that I did from all the people who listened to the roundtable. So to everyone who listens to the Atheist Roundtable and for making the show so successful, for sharing it with your friends, for giving it a try, even though I know the quality here on Blog Talk Radio isn't all that great, for putting up with all that, I just want to say thank you so much, so very much from the From the bottom of my heart, I truly do appreciate everyone who's willing to put up with the audio quality and listen to what I have to say every week. By the way, the show goes live every week, Sundays at 11 p.m., and if you want to be a part of the show, all you need to do is Sundays at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, whatever that translates to you locally, you call 347-838-8342. That's the number to call to be part of the show, and then you can be on when it's live. If being up at 11 o'clock p.m. is not your style, you can always leave the Atheist Roundtable a voicemail simply by calling the number that is 765. Um, oh, crud, I just had it on my screen. See, I don't ever call my own voicemail line. I, uh, I, I leave that to other people. 765-280-3066. 
I know my voicemail line because uh, it's it's mine, and I'm totally prepared that this show is all about professionalism. It totally, totally is. A big part of Eric Reverend, I guess, Reverend Eric Strachan's um, idea about why people become atheists was that because there had been some tragedy, some hurt, some harm that had befallen you, Mr. Atheist, has befallen the atheist um, and has made them mad at God, angry at religion, that has made them really just upset with a particular religious person. Something has happened that has made them angry, disgusted even, and that's why they're going to turn their back on religion, on belief, on Jesus, turn their back on these ideas, and, and go away and rebel to atheism. And last week in the show, because this was, this was really his big point, okay, this was Eric Strachan's big point, is that there must be some hurt, some wound left by religion that atheists feel they are, they are still grieving, that they're still nursing that wound. That's why they go over to atheism. That's why they leave belief behind, is because of that wound that doesn't seem to want to heal. And last week when I was talking about that, I said that I really don't think that's the order in which that happens. It wasn't for me. Okay, It wasn't the order for me. For me, while I was a believer, all the things that pissed me off now about religion, all the things that just make my blood boil, that just burns my britches, grinds my gears, right? All those things that just make me really upset. These things I couldn't see while I was a believer. I was blind to these things while I was a believer. I was rationalizing them. I was just creating more cognitive dissonance. I was, I was pushing them off to the side. I wasn't thinking about them. None of these things that really grind my gears now those things I couldn't see as destructive. I couldn't see the harm that they caused while I was a believer. So, so I got some email. I got some feedback from, from a listener, a brand-new listener. <laughs> Can you believe that? People are coming, listening to my show, a brand-new believer to the show. A brand-new believer, good gosh. A brand-new listener to the show. And he was saying, you know, I don't know, I don't know. That might not be, that might not be true for everybody. Okay, now, and, and, and he prefaces it, of course, by saying that, you know, he was never a believer himself. But wouldn't it be, couldn't it be that, say, you're LGBT, you're in a non-LGBT friendly sect of religion, Okay, because there are certainly some LGBT-friendly sects of Christianity, and we want to make sure that we're talking about one that is not one of those. Okay, so we're we're in a non-LGBT-friendly sect of Christianity, and we find ourselves to be LGBT. Wouldn't that kind of you know push us out the door? Wouldn't that kind of 
experience be be the kind of thing that, you know, makes you want to leave? It seems that that kind of thing would be something that would make you want to distance yourself from religion. It would it, that kind of experience would say you you might say to yourself, "Look, uh I'm identifying as an LGBT person." And these guys are constantly saying about how bad, how horrible, how terrible the LGBT community is. They're always going on about how they're of the devil or they're under Satan's influence or some whatever wacky nonsense that that this particular sect of Christianity is wailing about. They want equal rights. They want special rights. They want special privileges. They want to destroy traditional marriage or whatever the... Whatever it is that those guys say that doesn't make any dang sense when it rings in my head. When you hear it and you identify with this other group, this, I'm doing air quotes on the radio again, this other group, right? You would start to place some distance between yourself and that group. You'd start to maybe shed a bit of that identity. Right of the identity where you say, "Well, and I'm a part of this group, but I'm also a part of that group." This this Venn diagram would start to form, and one of them would start to pull away, and you would feel as though the overlap was starting to shift and move. That kind of thing, maybe could happen. I don't really think so, though. And 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 you guys all need to. Send in your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com or through the Facebook page or to the fan page or whatever. You all just need to chime in with your ideas. But I don't think so. See, for me, and I can only really speak from, from my perspective because when I was a believer, there were a lot of things that I didn't like and it didn't matter that I didn't like them. You know what I mean? Have you ever been a believer and there was something that you didn't like? Something something not even social, right? Something like uh, uh, Noah's Ark, right? You're reading Noah's Ark story and you realize that like the entire population of the planet is murdered by drowning, by a Asphyxiation through drowning, okay? And you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm just not, I don't think I'm okay with that. I don't think I'm okay uh, morally with the idea that we're going to drown the entire planet, right? There's something, there's something that's pulling me away from being able to say that a just, loving, good God would be able to drown the entire planet. Okay, so we're not even into social issues at the moment. We're just talking about this this flip. But when you're a believer, when you are in it, right? There's there's something in your head. Okay, there was something in my head. There was something in my head that was saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I can't reconcile this heinous, horrific act of mass genocide. I can't. I can't mentally. Reconcile that with a moral God. It does not matter. It's God. It has to be moral. It has to be the right thing to do. It has to be because God did it. I can read in the story, God 
did it. There wasn't somebody else who did it. It's not like he passed it off through a prophet, a prophet waved a water stick, and then the prophet, God did it. He killed everybody. And I can't reconcile this heinous action with a moral God, but it's got to be there. And there's something in your head that just said, five minutes, fine. I'm done thinking. I'm done. I'm stopping. There's no more. It was a good, it was a good call because it was God's call. It's a good call, and I'm just falling there. I'm stopping thinking. And you've got to just shut your doggone brain up. You just got to shut it off. You got to shut it off. And once you get into practice, it, it is, it's a practice, okay? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a learned skill is what I'm trying to say here, okay? It's not something that you just start doing automatically, okay? It's something that you get better with at over time. Okay, and once you get good at it, okay, good at being able to say, I can't, my brain is, I'm done, God is good, Jesus loves me, I'm going to bed, or sleep, everything's going to be fine, Jesus loves me, yes, he does, okay, this this is a skill that you get, and then, you know, killing everybody on the planet, that's a big flipping bet. That's a big thing. When it comes to just, you know, well, now now the ladies the ladies think that they should have bodily autonomy, and if there's a pregnancy, they should just be able to end it. Well, my cognitive dissonance is already built to the point that I can, rec- I can reconcile in my mind mass genocide. What's a couple more babies? What's a couple more? What, what's the right... Of women, you know, what's what's the bodily autonomy rights of women compared to compared to all the other stuff? There's nothing. You ladies get to sacrifice your bodily autonomy because God, because Jesus. This is easy. This is no problem because I've gotten so good at it throughout the time, trying to figure out how in the world two animals mass genocide. I've gotten so good at stopping thinking. By the time I get to thinking about social issues, about LGBT, about women's bodily autonomy, about all these other kinds of things, that, 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 that religion is just bad for. I mean, just bad. You know, when you get to the things that disgust me about atheism now, when I was in religion, when I was a believer, when I was there then, stopped thinking. I turned my dog on brain off. I said, well... It has to be good. It has to be. It wasn't until after I took that step away from belief. It wasn't until I took that step away and was able to look back and think, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, 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 hang on just a second. So there's one family, and everybody else is going to die? I mean, there's, there, there's one family, and everybody else is going to drown, to asphyxiate to death by drowning. We're going to do it to everybody, everybody. I seem to remember that I, that I had to shut my brain off when I thought about trying to reconcile this morally before. And now I don't have to. Now I don't have to. Now I can look at it and say, that is an act of genocide. That is bad. That's horrible. We can't, this is not a story about morality. 
This is a this is a horrible, terrible story. Now, looking back, and I think to myself, so you're telling me that a rib woman ate an apple. And that's why a Jew had to be crucified to a tree in order to atone for my sin that I inherited from the rib woman when she ate the apple. And now that guy is going to save me from eternal damnation. What? Now, hang on a second. Now when I look back and I see the harm that religion does to people, and and the harm that religion does to people, is worth mentioning here again. The harm that religion does to people is mostly done to believers. I mean, it's done to atheists too, right? I mean, atheists get discriminated and and, and we're the least trusted group in America, okay? So atheists get some of that harm from religion directed to them. But most of the harm, most of the harm that goes on in religion is directed not at the, the atheists, but rather to believers. The, I think that, for example, okay, uh, Michelle Deder is a victim. I think that she is a victim. I even think that Jim Bob Duggar is a victim of religion. And these people victimized all of their children and turned one of their children into a predator through victimization. And then those children were victimized again by their brother, who were already victimized by being in this religious cult. These people were victims. They're victims of a religious set of ideas that have literally ravaged their brains and body. Okay? These people have a a diminished ability to think critically now. Every last one of them. And all of them have a diminished ability to function normally in society. They have been victimized by this mentality. We are angry. All of us are angry at the deplorable actions by that Josh Duggar nutbag. Josh Duggar's nutbaggery are a symptom of the kind of of the environment in which he grew up, of, of, of his family structure. Okay, Josh Duggar didn't start just molesting little girls and his sisters in a vacuum. Okay, that's that's not what happened. He's been taught since he was born that women are inferior to men. And he's a man. He's been taught for his entire life he, that, that these are God's ways, that these are God's laws, and you will obey God's laws. And he has been mentally abused through religion since his birth. His parents, I dare say, are victims too. You can't tell me that these Duggar people aren't true believers. I am convinced that the Duggars are true believers. And they are victims, every one of them. Some more than others, sure, some more than others. But every last one of the people with the last name of Duggar is a victim 
of the kind of harm that religion does to people. We see it out here, right? Outside the Duggar family, it's easy to look at it in there and go, holy cow, what are you people doing? What are you doing? How are you allowing your son to do that to your daughters? What is that? How is that happening? Outside of the Duggar family, we easily look back at it and recognize all the harm that's going on. We're just, we're appalled. We reel back in war. We go, what? What are you, what are you doing? That's not right. That's not normal. You can't think that way. We listen to them interviewed on the news. We listen to statements that they make, and we go, what? How did you just say that? How did those those words come out of your mouth? How is it that you're not wearing a helmet for protection all the time? What is wrong with you? And the answer is they're victims. They're victims, too. They've been victimized by the kind of harm that this quiverful patriarchy does to people. It's not just the the men that get victimized, but it's not just the women that get victimized. It's all the children, and it's their children's children. Look at all that. It, look, look at it. Easily, from outside, we see the abuse. We see the neglect. We see how horrible it is. Think about, think about what it looks like inside. Think about what it looks like while you're there. Think about what it's like to be Josh Duggar. When you've been raised in this restrictive environment and you're trying your best to make your way through it, and you can't. And you can't. Imagine what it's like to be one of the the Duggar girls. Even one of the ones who wasn't molested. Imagine what it's like to be the older sister of one of those girls in the Duggar family, looking and knowing that your little sister was preyed upon by your by your brother. Thinking that it could have easily have been you and you're glad that it wasn't. And now you're told to pray and forgive. Imagine what it's like on the inside. On the inside, it literally doesn't look like abuse. It literally doesn't look like victimization. When you're inside, when your ability to reason and rationalize and the ability to think critically has been damaged so, you can't see it. You've stopped thinking. One part of your brain says, this, this can't be right. One part of your brain says, but God said so. And so your brain has to stop. And by the time you reach puberty, by the time you reach adulthood, you've gotten so good at stopping thinking, at not thinking. You've gotten so talented at maintaining that cognitive dissonance, that it's almost second nature. I mean, it's like an instrument that you play, right? It's like a guitar that you play, that you strum. And every time you strum, you get a little bit better. You get better quality notes. You're able to improvise songs. That's 
what it's like. You've gotten so good at making your brain do these mental gymnastics. But by the time you hit puberty, your brain is an Olympic-level gymnast, an Olympic-level gymnast. That's what my point is. You've gotten so good at it that even when it happens to your little sister, you can shut your brain off and you can tell yourself that it's God's will and nobody here is a victim. Nobody here is, is, is under the influence of any foul ideas. Everything is the way it's supposed to be in God's kingdom in our house. This is the picture of righteousness. It's not just inside the Duggar family that we see this, is it? It's not just inside the Duggar family that we see. We see this when with other people coming to the Duggar's defense, right? Why do we see people come to the Duggar's defense? Who would come to the Duggar's defense? People who are also Olympic-level mental gymnasts who have been able to do the same thing for years. For years. This is not a new exercise. This is not a new tune. This is not a new song that they sing. This is the same song that they've been singing perhaps for generations. That's why they're so good at it. And when people, as you get better with like an instrument, you start to be able to recognize other instruments out there right? Okay, just to take my metaphor to the next step. You start to be able to recognize other instruments out there and be able to say, oh, oh, I think I think that violin might be just a little flat. Mm. Oh, oh, I hear a tuba. The tuba's just a little out, out, um, not, not on the right time or whatever, okay? You'll be able to pick these things out. When people who are outside the Duggar family, who have been trained to look at the Duggars with respect and, uh, and as models of righteousness, when they have to look at them now from the outside and they, and they see everybody else attacking them, and rightly so, they start singing, they start dancing, they start making exactly the same moves that they have for years. Because they realize that if one of them makes a sour note, it can ruin the entire song. It can make the whole band sound bad. I really think that it takes leaving. I really think that it takes being outside. I really think that in order to feel the vitriol that some of us atheists have, towards religion, towards belief, towards indoctrination. I really think that in order to be able to feel that disgust, you have to be in it, you have to leave, you have to turn around and look back. You have to realize the part you played in that song. You have to realize the part that you played in that gymnastic team. 
You have to see how you fit into the orchestra. And when you do, you often find that you weren't just a small player, but that you had influence on people around you. You often look back and you realize that before you turned around and looked back, you had touched people with your song, with your music, with your dance. You have touched people's lives and made them think that that was a good dance to dance, that that was a good song to hear, that these were good words, that these, this was a good way to live. Perhaps they went off thinking that it was and acting on that thought. It's not until you look back and see the damage, not just that, that religion as a whole has done, but the damage that you yourself have inflicted on others, that you get really, really, really mad at religion and at the kind of indoctrination that happens while you believe these horrible ideas. I really think that it takes an outside eye to see that. And to my friends who have never been in it, I know this sounds crazy. I know it kind of does. I mean, if I hadn't been in it, then I, I could understand why this would sound crazy. But trust me, my friends, when you're in it and you come out and you look back, you want to vomit. That's why when people come out of religion and look back, they get mad. The first thing that happens is they get mad and they get loud and you fear them and you should. Just just consider my good friend Susie Robbins over at the Barroom Atheist. You can hear her transformation, her journey on the Barroom Atheist show. Just start at episode one. Go, go to now. You'll hear her transformation. When she first realized she was an atheist, she said she wanted to convert the, to convert the world. That was her goal. Why? Because she was brand new out of it. And she was turning back and she was realizing the kind of harm that religion did to other people. The kind of harm that these passive beliefs did to people around her. And she got mad. She got angry. She got passionate. That's the right freaking answer. But then, but you only get that way. You only get that way when you've left, you've turned around. I, 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 don't, I don't think you get angry any other way. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Thank you very much. I'm going to end this. I've gone a little long again. But thank you to everyone who makes this show as popular as you are. I love you all. Again, send me friend requests on Facebook. Like the fan page for the ATS Roundtable. iTunes, five-star reviews. Make me happy. And thanks very much to Patrick for sending the email that got me started on this show tonight. You, sir, are amazing. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves. God isn't here. We are. Good night. Yeah, you know, Ball Talk Radio was saying this wasn't working. Oh, there it goes. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of Atheists 
humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God isn't here. We are. Take care of yourselves. That was pretty good. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.